Hi, everyone. It's Reverend Molly at A Common Sense Approach to the Bible. I just want to pray for you before we get started today. Holy Father, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over anyone listening uh, to today's message. Father, I ask that you give them something in their hearts that they didn't have before they tuned in. Father, I ask that you bless and be with them this Easter um, season in the next few days. Father, show them the more of you that you have shown to me. In Jesus' holy name, I ask and pray. Amen. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. I know. Okay. So all of my life, I thought Easter was about the Easter bunny. When I was young, um, we would get a brand new Easter outfit and Flowers would be ordered from the local flower mart and delivered to the house on Saturday afternoon. Of course, each one of us had corsages. And then we would color Easter eggs and place them in our Easter baskets all around our dining room table, our big captain's table with the captain's chairs. And lo and behold, the next morning, the Easter bunny will have would have hopped into the house and filled it all up with candy. Then we would go to church and then we could come home and we could eat our candy. And we always had a big Easter um, dinner and it was a good family time, but not knowing what Easter was all about, even at that age, when I was young, you know, up until 12 really had an impact on my adult life. Years later, when I needed someone to come and save me, I actually dusted off the Bible I had been given when I was 12 years old by the First Presbyterian Church in St. Albans, West Virginia. And the only thing I really remembered was about Jesus's crucifixion. And I went to that part. I had to find it. Of course, I had to search for it. And I had to find where he was crucified in the Bible. And then I read it and tears blocked out of my cheeks. And I looked up to heaven and I'm like, I was really in a mess in my life. And I said, I want to get the these and the thous. I just don't get any of this. And I began to cry. I had a great big teaching letter that I was going to get on the podcast today and I was going to just teach it to you. And it was kind of like the Holy Spirit stopped me and nope, you're not doing that. That's not what they need, but they do need to make a choice this Easter season. And I need you to tell them that there is a choice. You know, I'm called to tell the old, old story in the way that I have tangibly experienced. I don't just have the theology book knowledge, but I can tell you that our Savior is alive and well, and he will move on your behalf no matter what your circumstances are. I want you to ponder Jesus Christ over the next, you know, three days or so. Um, Tomorrow is Friday. It's called Good Friday. And I'm thinking it's God Friday. And as horrible as it was 2000 years ago when they captured Jesus, um, it is a good thing that it happened. 
you know, crowds and crowds of people clamored and wanted Jesus crucified. And there were choices that had to be made. They could either be given back, uh, one prisoner at this, this sea, at Passover season, this Easter season. And they had a choice of, of taking Barabbas or they had a choice of taking Jesus. And people clamored for him to be crucified, but they, this was in order so that scripture might be fulfilled. Pilate, you know, didn't want to crucify him. His wife had had a dream about, you know, you don't need to touch this man. He's a man of God. He didn't want him crucified, but he knew there was going to be a big uprising if he let him go. And eventually he washed his hands of the whole situation. And he's like, let them have what they want. So this season, you know, voices are going to cry out. Your voice inside of you wants to cry out and, and is like, I don't want to go with Jesus. I don't want to go his way. I'm going to have to give up my life to have him. I don't want this. But I can tell you, Satan's always going to clamor for you to go his way. You've got a choice to make this season. And I'm not here to beat you over the head with, with religion. But I can tell you, if you will try and turn your heart to Jesus Christ, this um, Easter season, he will show you more in your life than you can ever imagine. But you have to des- to decide that this is what you want. You want your destiny and your life to be all that it was designed to be on this earth. For everything that you want to accomplish in this earth. And sometimes you're going to have to step away from those voices and those relationships that are clamoring with you. Come with me. Come with me. Don't you want to do this? Don't you want to do that? And more times than not, it's going to be to satisfy and gratify your flesh. You're going to have to be willing to fight Satan to gain everything that God has got for you. And it's all about the cross. And I can tell you that years ago, the Passion of the Christ uh, premiered in 2004. It was February. And the church that I was attending, we had like 25 members all go together as a group. And it was a big deal. It's still, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ is still a big deal. I love The Chosen. I love it for all that bringing Jesus down to earth one rung at a time. Love it. But I can tell you that the Passion of the Christ is something totally different. I was sitting there in this movie and I was in the front of an aisle and then there was a an aisle that went was right in front of me and then another row of seats, another section started right after the aisle. And evidently, and I didn't realize I was even doing this. That is how I know it came from the Holy Spirit. I was sobbing so loud that the woman in front of the next section actually turned around and reached backward and patted my knees. And she said, honey, it's going to be all right. And it just kind of 
stunned me and shook me out of what was going on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, was I sobbing that loud? And it was uncontrollable. I walked out of the movie theater that evening and the Holy Spirit said, it was as it was. The scourgings and the beatings and the spitting and the jeering and the crowds who clamored for this innocent man broke my spirit and my heart, literally. I came home in my dark apartment and I knelt before the Lord and sobbed and repented of my sin up until that point. I'm always repenting for something, trust me. But it actually brought down in the most real accounting that I've ever seen to date, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I needed that. So I want to tell you this holiday season, Jesus doesn't try to woo you and come after you to put yokes around your neck. Oh, contraire. He comes to break those bondages and destroy those yokes around your neck and your life. So you can be set free. He came to set the captive free and to destroy the works of the devil. And he has done that so magnificently in my life. This is a message of hope from someone who has experienced his saving mercy and grace and abundance more so than I ever believed possible. But you have to want to turn to him for help. He's not going to make you do it. So that's my message for you today and I'm going to leave it as it is. I'm not going to go back and retape it. I think sometimes we can retape and retape and retape to make it palatable for everyone, but sometimes you just need real. And that's what I'm trying to do for you guys. So I want to close with the first poem that was ever published and it is in a book, an anthology of poetry by the Poetry Guild. And this is the first poem that I was ever given years and years ago in 1996. He said, turn to me. I'll set you free from the bondage you feel inside. I promised you I'd give you peace, abounding love and happiness. I'll fill the void of emptiness. I'll give you joy un." endless. My grace is yours. Just believe in me and you will live for eternity. Jesus said, I died for you to give you grace. Would you have died for me? This is Reverend Molly Malvern Painter. God bless you all this Easter season. Talk soon.